0: Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of common sense market analysis. Today is Monday, June 13, 2022. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? We have a whole host of things on the docket. We're going to have a lengthy discussion both from a technical perspective and also a philosophical perspective about the markets. So let's date back to a couple of days ago. The market started to break down out of the bullish, flaggish kind of pattern. And what we say is that if they're not going to release the energy in the northern direction out of this type of pattern, then the same energy at minimum will get released in the southern direction. So that's what began to happen It continued into Friday, carried over the weekend, big gap down on Monday, below the former lows right here, and here we are. So now, from a here-we-are perspective, what do we have on the chart? What do we have on the docket this week in terms of volatility stuff? We have Kabuki Theater on deck this week. The Fed will start a two-day meeting on Tuesday. It will bleed over into Wednesday. They'll have the announcement on Wednesday, and here's the situation. We're talking about how much the Fed is going to raise interest rates now. Now there's a lot of talk about, will they raise a full point? Will they raise 75 basis points? Will they do it more earlier than spread it out? All that stuff. Shock the market treatment, just get it done. We've heard all the conversations. We don't know what the Fed is going to do. All we can do is look at the charts, know the numbers, and react to what the movement of the market is based on what the Fed does and the market's interpretation of the Fed's comments and actions. From a where-are-we-now perspective, we have the former low, 380.54, big fat round number of 380. 380. ES3800, all that stuff. If they begin to recapture that, there's somewhat of a rescue operation on the table. By the way, you also have options expiration. And this is regular way options expiration this week. Not only that, but you have a quadruple witching options expiration, which means all the asset classes options are expiring This week, the quarterlies, the monthlies, the weeklies, everything is expiring, so it's a big options expiration. So, for example, if regular way options expiration intra-quarter has a magnitude, as we like to say, this one is a magnitude of 3x. Let's take a look at the other side, barring a flip around and recapturing... The former low, 380.54, then the market's under downward pressure, and we have to flip over to the weekly chart to get a sense of where they might be going. The only thing we have of consequence between current price and the next important spot down south is 365. Now, we know where 365 comes from. It comes from a big-time shenanigans or fake Tail candle made a long time ago we notated it on the chart and we said at some point in time they're likely to come back for a visit however what we have to realize is that doesn't necessarily have to be the end of a down move at 365 it can be but there's other stuff below 365 let's have a discussion about what that stuff is and why below 365 we have an important price. Where does that price come from? Look over here on the left, and it comes from the 4th of September 2020. The high is 358.75. The reason that we picked this out is because the market went up to that price and it was rejected. Once it got over that price, it had what we call a breakout above that price. So this price essentially is a former breakout area And we know that markets like to come back for a visit at former breakout and former breakdown areas. Therefore, we're going to say 358.75 is a spot. Now, we'll keep in mind, if the market is selling hard again on Tuesday and they come into 365 or even below that next number, 358.75, again, sometimes they stop on a dime at these numbers. Sometimes they spike them through They run some what we call deeper tests. Now, then we look at another thing. And keep in mind, this is a weekly chart. So intro week, and by the way, it doesn't have to get anywhere we're talking about tomorrow or Wednesday. We're just having the downside discussion. If. It's an if they're killing the tape again. Below that 358.75, all of a sudden comes into view of another big fat round number and also... The 200-period weekly moving average, right around 350, a little bit below. It's 349.59 on today's close. It's not that close by, but in the big scheme of things, anything goes. The rubber band broke again. Until the plunge protection team shows up and they can get some glue to glue it back together, it has snapped. It will remain snapped until or unless they recapture... The former lows for starters, which is 380.54, right here. I'll give you one more number as a just in caser because we're in that just-in-case environment. So let's say they're killing the tape. Let's say they're throwing the baby out with the bathwater. We have the crash scenario. Let's just say that's the case. We don't know if that will be the case. Let's just say it is. And they spike through that 200-period moving average around 350. Where's the next important spot, 342? Put it on a sticky note. Looking at the monthly chart, just as a just in caseer, and we notice in that zone below that 350 is the monthly chart 50-period moving average, which also will become magnetic the closer price gets. Now, we had that monthly tail candle. They're below the tail candle. Close the month below that tail candle and you can almost set your abacus by the 50 period moving average down at 344 and change. Monthly chart takes a long time to play out. We're just taking a look. Let's take a look over at inside the numbers. We'll go through the commentary. We'll circle back to stocks on the move. We have another big gap down. They're killing tape. We all know about that kind of stuff already. We're aware of a potential flush down and reversal during options expiration week. Didn't really happen today, but the awareness floods over into tomorrow. You could still have a gap down and a reversal. Now, the reversal would essentially be a bounce in a downtrend, dead cat bounce, whatever you want to call it. It will remain that way when? Until at minimum of the recapture the former low and then Friday's gap and all that stuff. Bouncing a downtrend first before a bona fide recovery operation can take place, if it's going to take place anytime soon. Remember, here's another awareness thing. In these bear market type markets, you're going to get these rip your face off rallies from somewhere. Could get one tomorrow, Wednesday, around the Fed, during options expiration week. Certainly can happen, but they are nothing more than a rip-your-face-off rally, a bounce and a downtrend until they develop into something else. Awareness. Food for thought. We're talking about wider swings in both directions. What we're doing here this morning is setting the table for what type of day it's going to be. 380.54 was that low we kept talking about. So they're either going to get below that, the rubber band breaks, and it opens up a whole new thing going on. We're already talking about 365, doesn't have to happen today, but we have to talk about it once the door is open. We have some other numbers on the table, 376, 373. Just for starters, here's a 15-minute chart. You don't need the vertical, you know where price is. 376, you can see that was certainly supportive of the market. And 373, you can see that peaks in at the bottom left of the screen. Low of day was 373.30. Below that opens up the can of worms down to 365. Wide swings today. A word about stocks on the move with volatility. Numbers can get spiked through. You'll have rallies. They'll be big and bigger than normal just by the sheer fact that volatility has expanded. The VIX was up like 30% today. So what we do on days like today, if you're going to trade, you reduce position size to accommodate for the enhanced risk. Let's see what else we have as the day gets underway. It was more of a guideline today as the market was down hard. Most traders are not going to trade today. The ones that do understand that they're in an enhanced risk environment. I'm going to scroll up read the notes pause the video go back to the chart to double check the work there's a lot of numbers in here there's a lot of commentary in here if you're active in the market during the trading day read the notes it's a guideline type service with specific numbers specific actions at specific times when they're available below one number they go to another number below 378 they get to 376 376.50. You see these numbers all day long. Here you can see, 375 coming to a chart near you. That was at 10.50. And you can see here, they hit 375 by making a low of 374.93 in the candle ending 11.15. It pays to know your numbers. Pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart to double check the work. There's a lot of stuff in here today. Regardless of whether you traded it or not, you can learn something by what's in the notes, what the market is doing, is it above something, it goes to something else. Is it below something, and staying there, it goes to something else. That's the way the market works every single day, regardless of whether we have a wide expansion of volatility type day, or it's a... Narrow day in a tighter range. Either way, the market does the same stuff over and over again. Stocks on the move. We had a nice list today. These are the names we know specifically on a high volatility day like today, at least the way it was starting out. You don't want to take added risk by picking out stocks that you never heard of before. Now, at the opening bell, there wasn't the flush down immediately, and that's what this list was positioning for. I couldn't put numbers that were close by to where the opening bell was, because if we had a flush, that's where you get hurt. So I had to pick numbers that were farther away. As a result, here's what we've got. We'll take a look at the charts of Microsoft, Meta, which is Facebook, and Square, which is Block. First up, Microsoft, and you can see they didn't come in in the manner in which we like. They came in, they were rescued a little bit when the market got a bounce early in the morning. And then they did the thing at the end of the day, but they hovered over the number all day long. Nobody's buying it into the close. That's not in the manner in which we prefer. So this became a no trade. Meta, same deal. They didn't do the thing in the manner in which we like. If they did it here around 11 o'clock, that's one thing. Instead, they bounced, they hovered over it all day, then they sold them into the close. That's not in the manner. It was a no trade. Square, on the other hand, actually did the thing. They provided more than the minimum required base hit, and then they came into the second number into the end of the day when everything was selling off a little bit. But you can see here, the high was 65.50 off an entry of 63.70. Not sure how many traders picked up the stock today, but the numbers worked either way. How about the VIX? I wanted to talk about this for a moment. I want to show you what I was looking at that I did not talk about, but it never happened. So what I was looking at was, this is a pullback pattern. If you flip this over, it pretty much looks like the S&P or some other markets. But here's what I was looking at. So they're pulling back down here, and I'm looking at a breakup candle low, coinciding with, on this daily chart, the 200-period moving average. So if they came into that, I would have gained some interest if the S&P was rallying to the area that we talked about before the breakdown. And once again, they left me at the altar in that scenario. As always, I like to be an open book type of situation. So I'm telling you, I was eyeing the VIX. I was hoping that the market would pop, the VIX would come down, we would get into some short trades on the stock market or the SPY or others and potentially even a long trade in the VIX, didn't happen. Tough tape. You know by now, I have to get into these trades at my numbers, not somebody else's numbers, doesn't mean they're going to work out every time, but I like them at my numbers. What's going on over in Camp IWM? I find this kind of interesting. Now they're first testing the lows over here from the 12th, that's essentially... The same or similar low to the S&P, only the 12th is over here. The S&P made a new low on the 20th, and the IWM held at that time a higher low. Now they're challenging the former lows. The question is, will the former lows hold? That will produce a bounce across all the markets, or are they going to break, which will provide a cascading environment across all markets? The IWM is, in fact, my favorite market-leading indicator. We're watching for this low right here at 168.90 on daily close to either hold or break. When you look at the weekly chart, you see a slightly different picture. You see a chart that was holding the 200-period moving average, and now it's not. So it depends on the weekly close by Friday. Spiking it and recapturing it at the end of the week, you're in the same position you were last week. However, closing the week below, and you're probably, by Friday, all the way down at 155 to 150 in that zone. Just as an aside, there's stuff before the 155-150. There's a gap over here, and the gap is at 163.62. And 161, put this on a sticky note, is a number that came out of the calculator you should get at minimum of intraday support around 161, maybe down to 160. But in that neighborhood, they should find an assemblance of support intraday at minimum. There should be one of those bona fide bull bear battles. Put that on a sticky note. What about the Q people? They're more like the S&P. They made a new low. They closed below the low. So now we have to flip the chart to see what's what. The next magnetic place would be the 200-period moving average, 263.10. Realize that's a weekly guideline and average. It's a moving average, so that's not a bona fide number. It just acts as a guideline and a magnetic number, but not a bona fide number. They generally will either come up short of them. They'll spike them through, and I would say 260, give or take, is a better number than the 263 that that 200-period moving average comes in at right now. It's a big, fat, round number. It's magnetic. It's important. There should be a bull-bear battle right around 260. Sticky note time. What about the folks down at the transportation department? My second favorite market-leading indicator, a number one canary in the coal mine. Let's refresh our memories about what we discussed. First, they were climbing up at least towards the top portion ...of this big breakdown candle. They did that. They never got to the top, but they immediately collapsed down. Remember, canary in the coal mine. We talked about it last week. They were down a whole lot more, at least once or twice, than the S&P was on the same day. Canary in the coal mine. We talked about it. We also talked about 12,800 in the transports. They're basically a stone's throw away. What's the next number down? 12.4, that's out of the calculator, and it's right above the 200-period moving average that will become magnetic as price gets closer. And then you have the breakup candle low over here on the weekly chart that pretty much also coincides with that 200-period moving average. So that in and of itself, in that general area, plus a big fat round number of 12,000, so see a figure they spike it, They hit 12,000. They're below that 200 period moving average. That area in and of itself should be garden variety of chart support. Look what else you have right around that same zone. We talked about this on the SPY chart. You have an area where the market ran up to and it thought it was pretty important. It was quickly rejected. Not that much on this chart, but it's a weekly chart, remember. So it is a lot of points. Quickly rejected. Then they broke out. Now. Keep in mind, they kind of ran a test over here. They didn't quite get there, but they ran some kind of a test, and now they're back again. So, still, that general zone right around 12,000, right under 12,000 in that zone is important. So, that number over here, if you take the high of this candle, it's right around 12,000. So, there's no doubt about it, 12,000, give or take, is going to be extremely important in the transports. Put that on a sticky note. XLF, all charts act and react the same way. Everything's getting killed. Everything gets thrown out with the bathwater. It's all the same market. This is the area we've previously identified in the XLF. 31 down to 30 is garden variety of chart support. $30 should be a buy zone, a spike of $30. You should get a snapback in the other direction if they're killing the tape it's a flush, it's a crash, all that stuff. Hard to believe now, but if we saw the XLF down at something like and put your seatbelt on, $27 that's the next big-time area of chart support. not saying they get down there anytime soon, but they can. We'll stay on the weekly chart for Smash Mouth, and you could see what was going on here. They found support, they tried to rally up, made it look pretty good, immediately rejected. Essentially, they never really got anywhere. What I mean by that is if you take a look at this scenario, you have the highs over here, you have a set of lower highs here, one here and one here, and now until and unless you were able to even get to the 50 period moving average or up here, you have now a third lower high. That's a problem for Mrs. Market. It's not a problem for Mrs. Bear Market a problem for mrs bull market might be hard to believe but if they flush the market 197 is really the next big time support area below current price and without talking about the big fat round number of 200 200 is a psychological number 197 is the math number remember kabuki theater this week options expiration quadruple witching expect swings in both directions despite what happened or did not happen today on Monday. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.